Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here. I just want to remind you that if you love the podcast, the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, Spotify just started accepting ratings. So go ahead and rate it on there and tell all your friends to do it because it's super simple. It takes literally one second. I mean, maybe four seconds, but it's really quick. And uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media. If you do post it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And remember to tag the guests too, so they can also share. Okay, now let's get to the show. Do you feel like an outsider? Does it ever feel like you're the only person you know committed to truth and open-mindedness? Do you want to reinvent yourself and start a new career? Today's guests can speak to all of the above. She reinvented herself in her career, joined an industry she was a complete outsider in, and because of her commitment to truth and critical thinking, is rising above the rest. Her story will show you what's possible when you believe in yourself, your ideas, and the truth. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat, and love yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. On the show, we explore the creative process and journey, mental health, self-development, spirituality, and everything it means to be a human and become more human. Today's guest is Harleen Kaur, co-founder and CEO of Ground News, a platform that makes it easy to compare news sources, read between the lines of media bias, and break free from algorithms. Basically, it's a news source that tells the truth without a political slant, which is pretty damn rare these days. Harleen is a remarkable woman and a creative person who has never let an obstacle stand in her way. She went from having her high school math teacher tell her she couldn't pass to becoming a top aerospace engineer to transitioning her career several times until she decided to revolutionize the news business with the truth. She's never let the odds scare her off or shied away from taking a leap for her dreams. She even says there's benefits to being an outsider in any given industry. I really feel what Harleen is doing with Ground News is what I call social justice. It's a more holistic and soulful approach to social justice. She's asking us to engage our critical thinking, compassion, curiosity, and empathy to take in unbiased facts and then decide how we feel rather than letting a slanted news source tell us how we should feel. She's asking us to trust ourselves and know ourselves enough to hear the truth. What Ground News is doing is our chance, especially in the United States, to come back to each other and stop looking at one another as enemies or political parties alone. We're all people, and we have to strive to see our common humanity. From our conversation, you'll learn the benefits of a winding path, how to reinvent yourself, why unconditional love is the best foundation for your dreams, how getting back to basics is sometimes the most creative choice, and the power of having an open mind. Plus, Harleen shares tips on how to relate to your family and friends with opposing political views, which is majorly important. It's action-packed. Now here she is, Harleen Kaur. So Harleen, 
thank you so much for being here. I am so inspired by you and what you do and your courageous life journey and what you're doing at Ground News. And I'm just honored to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm the one who's honored and pleasure's on mine. So really excited to be speaking with you. So I want to first go into the many lives you've lived within this one life. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey and why reinventing yourself can be such a valuable thing to do? Sure. How much time do we have? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. It, just, it feels like that sometimes, right? <laughs> As a child, I wanted to be an astronaut. I think most of us want to be an astronaut. I think I continued with that aspiration uh, a bit longer than most kids do. So my undergrad and my grad uh, studies was in aerospace engineering. And then I got my dream job working for NASA. I went to Washington, D.C., and worked at Goddard Space Flight Center um, as what's called an integration and testing engineer. NASA was great, but what I really felt was the things were very slow in moving. Mm -hmm. I think that is because it's a government organization and they are dependent on uh, funding and also space as a discipline. It takes a lot of time and effort to develop something. And I wanted to do things faster and your original dream was to work at NASA. Like you thought that was the be all end that all. That was it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just think that's so interesting because I think a lot of times we outgrow our dreams, but then we can't figure that out because our younger self wanted it. And that younger self in us is so persistent, but they're not caught up to date with what's going on in your life right now. How did you know for sure that you had outgrown that dream? And how did you kind of like let your younger self down and say, hey, we did it. It's time to try something new. Very good question. And and I was actually listening to a couple of your other episodes and you talk about how people outgrow what they're doing and uh, how they move on to the next step. And I think, yeah, I went through a similar sort of journey. Yeah, realizing that this is cool. This is amazing. I've done it. Check. <laughs> uh, but understanding the cons that come with it as well, right? Mm -hmm. As I said, for NASA particularly, for me, it was just the pace of it. I could have worked there for the next 10 years and probably could have worked on one screw and I'm not even exaggerating it <laughs> perfecting that one screw probably would be very important screw but I didn't want to do that I just didn't I was hungry for doing things faster uh, and moving on or getting the bigger picture so yeah I think at every stage realizing that yes I've done that and as you said the younger self is telling that younger self that yes uh, this was a good idea and great experience but yeah what now what next so I've been kind of questioning that. So I had my first startup experience. I went from Washington, D.C. to Berlin in Germany and joined a startup, a space startup. And back then, there were very few of them. That startup there, I was the first engineer to join them. And we built and launched five satellites. It was a lot of fun. After Berlin, my last day of that job was the day that the satellites were successfully launched and was a great day to have the, the last day at the company. And I realized I've done great stuff in tech, but I wanted to get a bit more business knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I went to business school, uh, the school called INSEAD that's in France and Singapore. And I went there to get my MBA and it was a year program. It was great. Got to meet people from around the world and continue to learn about different cultures and different ways of thinking and just understanding that there's more than one way of conducting business or going about life 
following NCAD, I graduated and it was it was worst time to graduate as an MBA because it was a financial recession in 2008, yeah. which was like, whoa, okay. Back in the day, everybody had like several choices, but I was lucky enough to get a job right off campus. And I got recruited to this company called Rolls-Royce. They don't make cars anymore. They make plane engines. And the job that I got was pretty amazing. It was uh, to be a VP of sales for aircraft engines. So firstly, I didn't know that when you buy a plane, it doesn't come with engines. <laughs> you have to go buy that separate. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I didn't know that. Even <laughs> as an aerospace engineer. So imagine buying your car and then you're like, okay, no, I have to go buy the engine separately. Oh my so, gosh. Um, I hope the car industry doesn't find out about that. They're going to start doing it too. <laughs> Very interesting product to sell when you are selling a product that costs $10 million, give or take a pop. So each sale order is something like a billion dollar order and you work on it for a few years and convince your customer uh, why you should buy. But again, I absolutely love the job because it was kind of an intersection of tech and finance and also got to travel around the world, the country, the airlines I looked after were in Central and South Asia. Mm. So very interesting for me was to go and do business in Central Asia, especially a part of the world where even a company like Rolls-Royce hasn't done much business, which is the ex-Soviet republics of Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, uh, some of them still under dictatorship. And again, all these experiencing the forming coming up to ground news, as you can imagine, is just meeting people in those countries and hearing about their stories and media not covering any of what's happening in these places. It was quite eye-opening seeing that firsthand. So while I was with Rolls-Royce, the whole mobile revolution is happening. Everybody in the world has this smartphone and they're doing amazing things with it. And things like WhatsApp was taking over the world. And I remember this one thing very clearly, and, and I talk about it, where Facebook bought WhatsApp for $19 billion. And $19 billion is a huge, huge number, but that had a specific importance for me because Rolls-Royce, which is this 150-year-old company where I'm doing billion-dollar deals, their market cap was $19 billion. And I'm like, whoa, this is a company where 40,000 people work and they have been doing this forever. And here there is WhatsApp, I don't know, where 50 people worked. And again, it wasn't about the money. It's like you can make a product that can have so much impact that a billion people around the world can use it. So I'm like, okay, I need to go towards software because you can do something much faster and have that bigger impact without having that much capital. So I went back to Berlin and I became a CEO of a mobile app company that did soccer scores. So mm. I knew nothing about mobile apps and I knew nothing about soccer. And it was uh, continuing with my male-dominated kind of journey uh, yeah. in terms of places I worked. And all of this finally gave me the courage to go and do what I'm doing right now, which now that I play it back, I'm like, wow, okay, I could have started earlier to do my own thing, but I guess I needed all of that yeah. to come here. Well, tell me, what do you think the merit of the longer journey is? I've enjoyed it and all of it. So each one of those roles, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just that Harleen, who went and worked for NASA, wasn't as passionate about the world news problems back then or didn't know as much about software back then. Uh, or Harleen, who sold plane engines, absolutely enjoyed going to those countries and doing that. So, But I think it taught me a lot. And I think, yeah, all of those experiences I can now use to hopefully do very well what I'm trying to do now. Not saying the transition is easy. I've moved so much and changed so much, but 
it's not that it's been very easy for me to say, oh, okay, now I'm going to pack my bags and off to the next thing. It's still ripped me apart to go on to the next thing. Yeah, rip me apart. That's a really good way to describe it. How do you get the courage and how do you deal with when you're being torn apart? I'm talking in terms of my career, but every time I made a change, I've moved continents, country, left behind friends and this whole kind of community of people who I've known or culture that I've acquainted myself to, like uh, even moving around Europe, the countries are so different than each other getting to. So yeah, it's just weighing the pros and cons that what is attracting me to do the next thing is more important. And I want it more than being comfortable with what I'm doing right now. And I am just going to lift up and pack my bags and go on to the next thing and not being comfortable. For example, Rolls-Royce was such a great job. I got to travel the world, fly in first class, live in great hotels, meet like heads of states. And one thing I don't talk about uh, that often is get five weeks vacation, (laughs) which is European standard. (laughs) But no, I'm just going to leave all of that and go off and do the next thing, which is hard. When your fear is telling you you're going to die if you do something, because sometimes it does feel like that. Of course, most of the time that's not true. But if it's telling you like, hey, if you leave Rolls Royce, you're going to die. How do you get past that? Like, how do you take it out of the driver's seat and be like, okay, thank you. I appreciate you're trying to protect me, but I need to make the decisions for my life, not my fear. I physiologically have felt that fear and you're describing it very well. I get this like pit in my stomach that I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can do it physically anymore or I'm going to miss this job or Rolls Royce or NASA, whatever it is. One thing, and I'm going to be very honest about it, is having the support system in my family and friends. So believe it or not, every time I've moved, my wonderful mother's come along with me. I believe (laughs) it. I love her. (laughs) She's been, she, she hasn't gotten tired of my adventures. Just, and having to know that you have some things that are constant in life and people who matter to you will still keep in touch and and friendships you have built that really are important will continue with you. So yeah, my mom would come along and uh, help me set up the new place and make it feel like home. And, mm-hmm. and or when I'm at crossroads, I would talk to my brother and, and now my husband. And just having those constants in your life and say, okay, it's a lot of things are going to change, but things that matter are probably going to stay constant. That really helped me. That's so true. I always say having unconditional love from your family, from your parents, I think is the biggest head start you can get in life. How does that strike you? Like, how do you feel having that as your foundation has helped you make all the shifts you needed to? You captured it so beautifully, Lauren. I I think, yeah, again, going back to my mother, not making it a cliche or something. It's just knowing that she was proud of me, no matter what I did. It's not just that she wanted me to be an NASA engineer and tell other people it didn't matter. She was okay for me to leave that and say, hey, go do the next thing. Doesn't sound that interesting, but I trust you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you're going to go into a totally different continent in a small city in the middle of nowhere. No worries. I trust you and I'm with you. Believe it or not, when I was a kid, I, I was terrible at school. I got like really bad grades. My high school teacher told me I'm not going to be able to pass math in high school. <laughs> and I've, and my, mom, my mother at that point, she's like, yeah, I believe in you. You're going to do all right. And and she says a lot of times now that we should go back to that teacher and tell her we did all right <laughs> so uh yeah you um, did all right <laughs> you you have an, a, a resume that it's hard to believe it's so diverse and rich and incredible I have to ask you though because I also had a teacher that really 
I think the way that she made me feel, she made me feel really stupid and humiliated me in front of the class. And I I'm think, sorry. thank you. But so, you know what it's like. And I think that I that, think I can empathize with that. Yeah. It sticks with you. It's probably why both of us sometimes feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm deserving to be here, even though we've really earned our keep. That's interesting. Never clicked with me, but you're right. I think so. Yeah. Because you're a brilliant woman, but you weren't fitting into her definition of what was brilliant. And so therefore you were made to feel less than, and it's really hard to shed those those voices I think sometimes they get repurposed as our own voice they become our inner critic and we have to say okay wait that's not mine how have you worked to undo the damage that that teacher and other people like her did in your life and take it and say that's not mine to be honest I don't think I've done enough of that I've taken it as a as a motivator for me that it's like oh these voices and these people I have to prove them wrong yeah. I've done that, but I don't think I've done enough healing myself or telling myself, no, they were not necessarily correct. I feel like I have to prove I it, it's motivated me. So I take it as a positive. I'm like, hey, you ended up helping me anyway. Yeah. So because it pushed me, otherwise I would have gotten comfortable. But but yeah, I guess I, I haven't thought about it in that terms. I really appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that because it's something I've been thinking about a lot, Harleen, because I've also been a very motivated and like action driven person. I can I see that in your bio. It goes <laughs> on and on and on and on. It's too long. I need to shorten it. But like, I always want to get the thing right. And I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with that. But the thing I've been working on undoing for the past year, which has been brutal, is I can't want to get the thing because I need the thing in order to feel like I'm enough. If that's my driver, then I'm actually, I'll never be happy. Even if I get all the things that I want and get my wild dreams, I'm going to end up miserable. And I think an example of that is like my music got featured in People Magazine and the next day I was like the most miserable I'd ever been. <laughs> and it's because, I mean, that was incredible. I'm so happy it happened. But it was because I think I thought it would save me in some way. It was like I would get that and then I would feel like I was good enough and validated. And so what I'm trying to do is get my validation internally while keeping my big dreams. And I think the motivation to get something and then think that you're going to feel good for me, I think it does come from experiences like that second grade teacher who made me feel stupid. Because I think I think if I get that thing, then I can finally prove that I'm good enough. Yeah. So it's a lot of undoing. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you're way steps ahead of me there. I, I think maybe we should go visit those teachers yeah. together. We should do Let's like form our support group. a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> on why they were wrong. They're, they're, and then probably there are a lot of uh, kids out there or people out there like us who, who feel like that. And maybe, yeah, it's, it's, it's an important message to them. It doesn't matter. And, and who knows what frame of mind they were in when they said that and what was going in their life. Yeah. It wasn't even directed at us. Yeah, we're all just reflections of each other. But it, it is interesting. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Let's talk a little bit about ground news now. All of your experiences came and culminated in this. And that's why I think it is amazing that you had a longer journey. I always say there's merit to being a late bloomer. Not that you are, but like... I feel I'm a late bloomer in life, and I think that there's merit to taking the longer path and the longer way around. So tell me about the idea for Ground News, where it sprung from, and how it got started. So Ground News comes from a simple idea that 
you should be able to trust news that you're reading. Yeah. And a very simple idea, right? You back in the day, you would get your newspaper, you would read it like, okay, I'm informed. I know what's going on in, in the world and uh, not feel like I'm being manipulated or I've been told how to think about things. And that's what we're trying to reverse engineer. So it's a typical example where me as an engineer tried to solve this problem for myself and came up with a product, which I think the world can use at this day and age. And it's interesting, we started in 2017 and people are like, whoa, did you start now? Because it's such a timely problem. But unfortunately, the problem keeps getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. It's just that the media landscape has become so fragmented and so biased that you do not know anymore that what the reality is behind the scenes. So what Ground News does for you is just shows you for every single news story, all the different perspectives that are available and you can quickly skim through them and say, okay, I understand how different ways of thinking this news, cow, you can think about it. But if you would have only picked up one single news outlet or listened to one single news podcast or TV or whatever channel you get your news from, then you would have only one-sided information. And we are trying to, to help solve that because I think the biggest problem that we are all facing is that by having just partial information about a single news story, our worldviews have become so different. So depending on the news outlet yeah. who covered that story for you versus me, we might be thinking at totally different merits and demerits points. And then you're like, I'm right. No, I'm right. Well, we're both right because we both listen to a very different thing or read a very different thing. And we are like, okay, I, I understand what's going on. So yeah, it's, it's our attempt at giving critical thinking back to people and Ooh. say that I'm going to... Snaps for that, Harley. Holy cow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but it, it's, a, it's a tall order. I think we, we have all gotten also to not just blame it on media. It's us as well, right? We've all gotten lazy. Hey, I'm just going to prescribe to the version that I'm being told because it's much easier for me to talk about what I've been told and how to think about it. No, uh, we need to do the thinking. We need to take it back. I'm going to make up my own mind. I'm not going to listen to just the cliche... Anderson Cooper or Tucker Carlson telling me how to think about something. I love that. You're teaching people self-accountability and self-knowledge instead of just accepting whatever is given to us. Why don't you take it in, interrogate it within yourself and say, is that true? Yeah. And it's uncomfortable, right? Especially when it doesn't gel with your worldview that you're coming from. So I think both on left or right, depending on what news sources you go to today, if you were to present a totally different viewpoint, it's highly uncomfortable to say, oh my God, have I been not thinking about this correctly all this time? Like, why is my worldview being challenged? So we want to make people uncomfortable. We want to expand their viewpoints. But I think it's important because that is how we all get back to the same page. I have so many questions going through me because I'm so excited by what you're saying. I feel like my heart is bursting in a bunch of different directions. <laughs> Ask away. <laughs> so I just had to share that with you. The first thing that I thought about when I was thinking of your story, because I think of things through the lens of creativity and self-expression, is that sometimes the most creative choice is actually just going back to basics. Like look at the definition of the thing you want to do and ask, how can I better align with the definition? And I just want to see your take on that. Like, how is that the case with ground news? 
by the way, I never thought of myself as a creative until this podcast. You are. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I feel pretty good about that, uh, thinking about myself that way. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, as I said, thinking of news in its very primitive form, what's the function of news? The function of news that is I should be informed. Mm-hmm. It's not entertainment. I think that's, again, partly us to blame. Like we confuse entertainment and news. No, it's to be informed. It's to be able to read it and then be able to depend on that information. How do I bring it back to that very basic form again? And we are, as I said, we try to reverse engineer it. It's not that I'm telling you this is what you should root and you can rely on it because it's not possible to do that anymore. But yeah, going back to the basics, how possibly people read news in 50s or listen to Walter Cronkite and you're not going to question what Walter Cronkite said or, or what your newspaper said because they don't have different agendas. But now that's not the case. And we can talk about this for hours. The revenue models have led to it. It's the reason why different news outlets say different things. But nonetheless, we are in this situation and and we are trying to reverse that. Yeah. And I think it's just a good reminder for anyone listening that sometimes the basics can actually be revolutionary. Just getting back to the truth of something can be revolutionary. I know there's a way for us to get involved with Ground News. So tell me how it actually works. How are you pulling all these stories? And then how can people get involved in it? Sure. So how Ground News works is a simple news feed. You'll get the same stories. Every single day, we have 50,000 plus breaking stories. So it's not that we only have a handful of stories. So you can come to us and get all your news. The difference is every single news story, instead of having one news source and one narrative, it'll have multiple narratives to it. We do our best uh, using technology to provide you the most diverse narratives. And when you see them stacked up, it's very revealing. It's almost like it shows you how the game is played. You can see which news outlet is throwing in some inflammatory adjectives. It's the same damn news story or which news outlet is focusing on one aspect versus the other or exaggerating it or equivocating it. And when that becomes apparent, you're like, huh, okay, that's what they're trying to do. That's what they're trying to tell me how to think about it. What we don't do is we don't put check marks or X's beside any story. We have a very big variety of news sources, regardless of what you read today, you will find it on Brand News, but plus that news source and so many others, you will find it right there. So I like to use the word inclusion on ground news in a very different sense, because I feel like one of the most difficult things people who go down these rapid holes are facing is that they are getting singled out. They can't speak Mm. to their family and friends. They don't find support anymore because nobody wants to talk to them anymore. I'm sure there is a neighbor, a friend, an uncle, or somebody in the situation that everybody knows. And you're like, okay, I can't even talk to you anymore. What are you talking about? But how we deal with that is that regardless, I don't know, again, I'm using cliches, not picking on a few sources, but let's say you read Breitbart today or you read Infowars today. We even have some of that. But right next to that, how that news outlet covered it, we will have some other news outlets covering it from a very different perspective. We'll have, for example, Mother Jones right next to Breitbart, which will have totally flip opposite agenda. Again, not saying that they don't have agendas. They have agendas, both sides. But you can then compare the coverage and just come to the balance yourself. Again, I love the word that you use, the self-accountability that we bring. So you can go use our website, which is just ground.news, or go to the app. We have apps on Android, iOS. We have newsletters. We even have a browser extension. So if you're a person who gets news on social media, and that's where I think 
most hand-holding is needed at this point in time because you have no idea what's, what you're reading on social media, is that news or not, or where they're coming from. If you install our browser extension and it's free, then every time you come across a news story on your news feed on Twitter or Facebook or Reddit, then right next to it, it'll tell you what this news source political leaning is, what do they stand for, and if there are other perspectives available for, for this story, and you can read that quickly. And I heard you on another interview say, like, let's say I was right where breaking news was happening. If I wanted to take a picture and either confirm or deny what was happening in the breaking news, then I could also weigh in and thus help eradicate fake news or confirm real news. Yes, that is one of the things that we were, I was very passionate about, the whole citizen journalist aspect of it. And so we developed the technology that could verify that if you are within the vicinity of where news is happening, you can say, yes, this is happening or this is not, and contribute to solving the misinformation problem. As of now, we have turned off that feature just because I think for that to be powerful, we realize we need millions and millions of people. So I really look forward to bringing that back up and having enough people around the world who can contribute to that on the ground kind of ground army (laughs) and who can say that's really happening or it's not happening because it's very, very powerful. We saw some very early sparks of it. Uh, For example, we saw people in war situations, for example, Ukraine or Syria, and then contributing to, hey, this is really happening on ground or if it's not happening on ground. So I would love to bring it back, but I think we will turn it on once we think it'll be useful for normal public, just the amount of users that uh, or the amount of people who can contribute to that. I can't wait. That I think that's such a powerful tool. Okay. I love this because it calls me out. It calls out my biases. I had first, I think, shared something from you guys that was a blind spot for the right. I'm like, yes, because I'm liberal. So I was like, yes, this <laughs> is a blind spot for the right. And then I went on your page and because your Instagram also has a lot of value to it. You know, you share a lot of top stories. So I went on your page and started scrolling through and I saw something that was a blind spot for the left. And it was talking about I'm pro-choice. I was very disheartened by the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But it said something about how people were going and conducting violence at churches Mm. in the light of the Roe v. Wade overturn. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe in violence. I don't believe in taking out your pain and frustration in that way. So I was extremely happy because 0% of left media publications had talked about it. It was all either on the right or people who tried to stay in the center who had talked about it. So tell me about why this calling out is important and how it's going to help us as a culture to heal. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought up blind spots and I'm glad that spoke to you. So this is something we totally stumbled upon by accident. I'm not going to take credit for it. When I set about creating ground news, I thought bias was how a particular news story gets covered. And that's how, as I was describing earlier, it's exaggerated or equivocated. And that's where real bias is. What we stumbled upon is actually it's not how stories getting covered. It's some stories are not getting covered at all. Mm-hmm. The stories that don't fit their narrative, again, as the one that you just talked about, the violence caused by pro-choicers against people who probably didn't deserve it at all, or and left-wing media in this case decided not to cover because it doesn't fit their narrative. So if you were to only reading left-wing news sources, then you would have not come across this story at all and wouldn't have your worldview challenged. So we go out of the way now 
And we distill these stories and we have a special feed on Ground News that is only blind spots. And we show you equal left and right blind spots, news stories that are not getting covered by either left or by right. And again, we leave it up to you why that reason might be that it's not getting covered by left or right. And in some cases, decision is yours might be a dog whistle story or might be an opinion piece you can decide, okay, why somebody didn't cover it. But having those equally available for both sides, I think really, really shines a light on, again, how media landscape is changing the narrative. Behind the scenes, we are even keeping track of how many times a news outlet covers a certain topic. Mm -hmm. So let's say something cliche like climate change. It's predominantly only covered by left, as you might say. Or another cliche topic might be, immigrant crime. It gets predominantly covered by right, left doesn't cover it as much. And what we are doing is just highlighting and saying, hey, again, that media game, we are just trying to shine a light on it. You as a reader should have all the information and you should be able to make up your own mind that I understand this is happening or not happening. I don't need protecting on this topic that you're not going to expose me to those stories. Yeah. Um, We're adults. <laughs> Exactly. You know, like we're adults. You can handle if somebody shakes your worldview, you know, exactly. trust yourself to know you're mature enough to take in the information and decide for yourself what that means to you. And yes. I, I think that what you're doing is so profoundly important. Like, yes, it's good to tell the truth just in general. But to me, it's not just truth you're telling. You're also helping foster connections between us where they have been in some instances irrevocably severed, you're helping tend to those wounds and maybe make it possible for us to talk to each other again without saying, you're bad, I'm good. Exactly. Or you're stupid. Even. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just don't understand how people think shaming is going to get anything across. Really, the only yes. thing that can get anything across is the truth, compassion, curiosity, and empathy, which is what I see you doing. And it's something I call social justice, S-O-U-L-C-I-A-L. It's not as obvious term. as picketing or protesting or, you know, doing these things that you more typically associate with social justice. It's more holistic. It's more yes. to the source. So how do you feel ground news falls into social justice and how can we use it to reach out our hands to people in our lives who we love who think so differently than us yeah no it's I, as i said i love the term and i really hope we are doing our bit uh, towards it uh, and you described it perfectly i think the number one thing is to repair these severed connections is understanding what the other person's why they are thinking the way they are thinking right by being able to read that perspective you are like, okay, I understand you read that story and why are you focusing on that part? Again, let me give you an example that all of us are kind of aware of, Black Lives Matters protests. So if you are reading left-wing sources, you are reading how important it is and what happened with George Floyd and why it is so outrageous and why it's so important at this point in time that people should speak out against it and it's wrong. And that's what the media focus was. And if you were to read that same story from the right perspective. It's all about lawlessness and protests and property damage, but there is overemphasized focus on that part of it. So both the sides, depending on what you read, your emotional response to how you think about that issue is very, very different. And then if you come across somebody who is very much in their bubble 
and they are concentrating on one part or the other. And let's say you're on the left and this person on the right kept talking about how much property damage have been done. You're like, what are you talking about? Why are you talking about property damage? It's so important to talk about this issue at this point in time. But understanding where they're coming from and why media might have disproportionately covered it that way, I think helps you have that conversation. So that person might not be reading Brown News and might never read Brown News, but you could be that person who read that perspective and then... Could explain the point could of explain. view. Could explain. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's so hard to not get emotional about these things, especially something like Black Lives Matter, because it is I mean, it's lives, you know, that we're talking about. We have to approach them and engage with empathy. And that's so much easier if we have an understanding of the stories that they're reading. Like and it's hard, but we're not going to get through if you're on the left like I am to the other side by being like, you're a bad, bad person. I'm like, I just don't nothing will change. Nothing will change. Yeah, until we can have that conversation, right? Yeah. Until we can have, have that conversation. I think people used to do that a lot more. But I think, as I said, like it's becoming uncomfortable at this point in time. It's much easier just to live in our bubble and only talk to those people who, who agree with our worldview. But then some real life event happens, like an election result. And you're like, whoa, how was that the election result? Everybody I know is thinking about me. Who voted for the other guy? Right. I don't understand. And that just shakes your, shakes your worldview. And they're like, I don't understand who these people are or what they're doing. And you would have seen it coming if you read the news stories from the other side or what people are outraged about or what are they thinking about. And you could have possibly talked to some of those people and understood them. And again, that's all we're trying to do, give you all the information in a very simple form. I'm curious from your perspective, because you see so much. I mean, obviously, you started this after Trump was elected in 2015 to 16. But I've often thought that the liberal media actually got him elected. How do you think on that one? Uh, (laughs) I mean, obviously, you can't make a direct correlation, but I feel like the way they talked about him and how much airtime they gave him certainly aided in his election and also made the people that liked him even more gun ho because they're like, well, screw you then. Yeah. It's, okay. I can't comment what was the reason that President Trump got elected, especially as a Canadian. Right. <laughs> By the way, I'm Canadian, so I do not even get a word uh, in anything. But what we can tell is, even now, is what's being covered in media. So on Ground News, if you come, every single politician you can search up, it shows you how many news stories they mentioned it every single day. There is definitely a disproportionate amount of news stories about, for example, former President Trump. There is even versus President Biden as of this point in time. So just having those comparisons available makes you see that how, why you would make the comment that you're making because he just got so much unproportionate coverage versus his opponent, for example, or uh, why he was in forefront of people's mind. Right. Again, just having those very meta stats exposes that narrative one way or the other. It's very interesting. And what has doing ground news taught you about life in general? Like, are there any overarching lessons you've learned about life and kind of what it means to be human from doing this? Yeah. One overarching lesson is you can never be complacent and you can never think I'm 100% right. And it's very important that critical thinking part of it is very, very important. If you ever think, no, this is the way that I'm thinking is 100% right. If you have really spent your time doing research and you have all the facts, yes, then you can make that claim. Otherwise, we should never just say that, never 
be in a position that never be proven wrong. And I think if we all had that mindset, I think we'll be able to have a much more intelligent debate than we are having today. And yeah, I, I feel I'm better off after ground news having that mindset that I can be challenged on anything that I'm saying, anything that I'm thinking. And there is more than one way to think about something. And yeah, just to understand my fellow human beings a bit better in that respect. One feature, if you don't mind me mentioning, I would love to bring it up. So it's called My News Bias. And we introduced it at Ground News recently. Again, you talked about, you love that Ground News calls you out. What My News Bias does is, so think about it as Fitbit for news, your news reading. (laughs) So it follows you around. And if you have (laughs) a bias extension or your browser extension or you read news on Ground News, it tells you your stats. What do you end up reading? So even on Ground News, when you have several different news sources available, there are go-to news sources that people go to. It'll show you, hey, you read, I don't know, X percent left, Y percent right, Z percent center, or you gravitate more towards low factuality sources as opposed to high factuality, or you spend too much time reading celebrity versus you should be reading more (laughs) or you don't read drag me ground (laughs) news just kidding (laughs) or you're not reading enough international news or not enough local news so all the news outlets the funny thing is we are not doing anything revolutionary in terms of technology all the news outlets use that or news feeds use that just to tailor your news feed to show you more of what you like reading But we are doing something opposite. What we're doing is holding that mirror back to you and saying, hey, this is what you are reading. This is what your stats look like. If you are happy with it, sure, continue reading that. If you want to adjust that, we have suggestions on how you can tweak what you're reading. So I think, again, if we are, and and very much your show is about this, the mindset, the growth mindset and self-improvement, I think your listeners would find a feature like that interesting, I think. I think that's so important because, yeah, it's all about disrupting your patterns so that you can grow and be your best self and appear in the world as a source of love and openness and kindness. You know, it's interesting because as I'm listening to this, you know, I'm I'm sure some people will be triggered even by this discussion because they're so deeply set in what they believe. I think it's really, really hard to take a middle ground these days. You can be painted as a villain for just saying facts without emotions attached to them. How do you react to any quote-unquote haters who come at you for trying to do that? Fortunately enough, most of the people have been very supportive of what we're doing. Yeah, And I actually take a lot of pride in saying that we have readers from across the spectrum. And we have gotten, for example, news coverage from Breitbart and New York Times alike. And probably we are the only product out there that's had that fortunate thing. So we we love the fact that we've been able to walk that line until now. And I hope we can continue walking that fine line where our own biases are not reflected on brand news. Of course, we are human, but we as a platform can continue doing that. We don't get haters as such, but people do have knee-jerk reactions, as you said, like somebody might be listening and, and then they're like, what are you attempting to do? We have, for example, rating for news sources and people come in and they get this knee-jerk reaction and say, oh, this is CNN is just left. They are actually far left or I don't know, for whatever reason, they're right, depending on where you stand. Interesting. Um, 
<laughs> we do get that, funny enough. And we get both of that on equal sides. So we've been called commies and Nazis at the same time, which is funny enough, which makes me think we're doing something right. That's right. That's right. As long as the two are balanced, you know. <laughs> that, that's it. But people who stick and what we're trying to do is literally read behind the labels. The labels are just there to give some kind of scale. What, uh, what we're trying to do is shine a light on how they're covering that news story. What mm. is the agenda? Doesn't matter if we are labeling them left or lean left. That's just a scale I need to provide you so you can compare that coverage. If you can look beyond that, then I think people can see the value in using brand news and people who stick beyond that knee-jerk reaction, I think, really find value on all sides. We do get several emails and reviews every single day, and they're quite heartwarming to say that, hey, I was too far down the rabbit hole on this side or that side, or my dad was, or my brother was. And ground news really helped me. I feel less anxious about news. By the way, it just reminded me, um, Duke University conducted an independent study and it's published already. And thousands of our readers participated. And the outcome was that it's possible to change people's perspective on divisive issues, which gives us a lot of confidence. People who read ground news felt less anxious about news and politics and felt more optimistic about democracy. And that's exactly what we are trying to achieve. Felt very powerful. (laughs) Harleen, you're changing the world. Well, a little bit. We're doing the harder bit. I, I, it makes me feel hopeful, right? That's, yeah. that's what we need right now, because I think a lot of us had just lost that hope that, hey, things are not going to get better. Yeah. I want to do whatever I can to shout it from the rooftops because it's so powerful. You know, I have an aunt that's gone really far far down the right rabbit hole. She thinks that Fox News is liberal. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to invite her into checking out ground news and see if we can have some really good discussions. Like it could open up the door for both of us. Absolutely. I I would love. So one of the things you could do is of course, ground news is free, but if there's subscription available as well, and that's how, by the way, we make money. We don't make money off ads. We decided we are not going to make money off ads. But yeah, I see we people gifting subscriptions as low as a dollar a month. You can gift it to your aunt. Let her try what she thinks about. And as I said, the good thing is your aunt, regardless of which news source she reads, she will find it on Ground News. And she will feel like, okay, the starting point, my viewpoint is at least represented, right. represented on Ground News. And that's the starting point. And from there onwards, we are not changing our product for her. It's not that we'll take away all the left or anything left of Fox News and say, this is it for... Lawrence aren't, but hopefully that changes her mind and show, exposes her to other perspectives. Yeah. I think what you're doing with this is allowing us to see each other as humans again, because I think for so long, really since 2015, we've been just looking at each other as political parties, especially in the United States, and as left or right versus human and human. And to me, what this does is it lifts the veil of you're an other and brings us back together. That's a good way to put it. It's funny, like how many articles there are at Thanksgiving, how to talk to your family <laughs> if they are. Well, it, the funny thing is, uh, I have to share this with you. Our algorithm puts together news stories and that's how it works. It had put together two news stories. One news story was how to talk to your, I don't know, liberal <laughs> relatives and how to talk to your far right relatives together, which I loved that the algorithm ended up doing it because it's the two two sides of the same coin, like that we all looking for kind of help and to get us through situations that have become uncomfortable, which is like talking to our family. Just think about that. How, how did we get here? 
Yeah. Like see them as humans and approach them with curiosity, compassion and kindness and then read ground news together. It's easy. <laughs> and open mind, right? That's yeah. that's the other thing. Yes. It's, it's easier said than done. I'm open to understanding what you're trying to tell me. What are the benefits of having an open mind as a business leader? Like how does that affect the way you lead your business? Yeah, good question. One in the day-to-day running a company very much, for example, leading the team. I feel like I definitely think everybody on my team is smarter than I am <laughs> and they all have better ideas than I have. Like, yeah, why should I have the best idea? Otherwise, that would be the peak of the company that we can do. So being open-minded and being challenged every single day, it takes us longer, but I very much believe in consensus building. Having lived in Germany, especially during Angela Merkel's time, I'm, I very much see her as a business role model. And she certainly led with consensus and kind of held Europe together. Again, I think my bias is showing a bit of here, but <laughs> but I think the open-mindedness is what I'm trying to focus on here. Uh, a good idea can come from anywhere. A good partnership from com- can come from anywhere, regardless, and just being open to it, I think, rather than not hearing uh, what you can potentially do here. And yeah, I think the other thing we we spoke about briefly was not being from the industry, I think being an outsider also brings that open-mindedness. And here, I think this has really helped us, to be honest, if I, if I can talk about that, just being naively optimistic and say, hey, I'm going to make a news platform and that's going to change the way people read news. Whenever I talk to anybody who's done anything in the news industry in the last 20 years or whatever and, and bear the scars, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's made money in news nobody's been successful it's people read news on social media nobody can be helped and yeah that I think having that naive optimism and openness has really really helped us uh, make something like grand news and and hopefully we prove everybody wrong and yeah we are benefit here we don't bear the scar so I don't feel like I carried that burden that it cannot be done yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what do you feel like the benefits of being an outsider have been? Like, how has it helped you being scrappy? I once heard this woman, she came to speak to my communications class in college. Her name was Mary Ellen Sheets. And I wrote this down in my journal and I think about it every single week. She started the company Two Men in a Truck. It's a moving company. and I've she, heard of that. <laughs> yeah. But she started it with one truck as a single mother and not knowing oh anything. God. And she said, God protects fools. <laughs> I love that. And I was like, yeah, I love that. I love okay, that. Maybe I t- that's that's what hap- that's what's happening with Grand News. <laughs> I carry that with me every day because I think not knowing can actually be one of your greatest powers. So what have you found yeah. the benefit of being an outsider in your industry has been? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I I love it, by the way. I'm going to write it somewhere. <laughs> if it's God or whatever power or whatever we believe in, I, I feel like we've been protected as fools or naive optimists here. Yeah, there are so many theses that what we're doing at Ground News are totally opposite of what the industry has seen happening in the last 10, 15 years. I, again, I knew nothing about news media, as I told you about my journey, and not, not, don't have a journalistic background or understand how news money is. Things like we can make subscription revenue. 
So news industry has realized there are very few news news outlets that are making money through subscription. Just the big giants like New York Times or Washington Post have been managed to do that. And when we said, hey, we are not going to make money of ads, we're going to make money of subscription. Everybody looked at us like, what are you talking about? Who's going to pay for something like that? There's so much free news available. Why would somebody pay for somebody like something like Grandi as well? Like, no, but if we add value, that makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, people will pay for that. <laughs> and just going in with that, uh, yes, there are people who are paying for ground news and that's why we can succeed as a business and that is happening. Or things like, why would people like to see different perspectives? People don't like to be challenged. News feeds are all about giving you more of what you like to see. That's how we keep you in the product longer. And that's the whole thing. I mean, like, no, people do want to be informed. Mm -hmm. That is the purpose and just challenging that. Yeah, we have challenged every single status quo. And I feel that our readers and our supporters see that and see the value in that, that we are not trying to manipulate you or game you or show you more of what you have. We are truly trying to inform you and they support us for that. So I think, yes, we are definitely fools here. Uh, only time will tell if Brilliant we can be fools. successful. <laughs> we'll see that. Only time will tell if we can be successful and change the way how people read news. I mean... The other thing that I just thought of when you were saying that, Harleen, is the way the status quo is, it's almost asking us to dumb ourselves down. Like That's a good way to put it. To um, shut off your critical thinking and forget your intellect and just accept what you know instead of going into a situation and really discriminating, saying, is this true? Does this feel real to me? What you're asking people to do is know themselves more interrogate who they really are and what they align with and be open to other people and know themselves well enough that they know if they take in somebody else's idea, they're still themselves. And so that's just like so in line with what this show is. It's wild to me that you didn't think of yourself as creative because you're innovating, (laughs) (laughs) you're innovating an entire industry and you're creating something that's never existed before. And to me, the value proposition is clear. The reason you would pay for this is because It's not available anywhere else and nobody else is giving you the opportunity to be the intelligent, incredible soul that you are with the news. So, yeah, yeah, it it makes total sense to me. And I I'm just so in awe of what you're doing. And I hope we can (laughs) all get back to basics as you have with the news (laughs) and innovate because we're getting back to those basics. There's a million more questions I want to ask you. Maybe you'll come back on and do another part two with <laughs> I'll me. I'll be happy to. I'll be happy to. And yeah, happy to answer any questions that anybody has as well, especially about how we go about doing things. Because yes, we are supporters of critical thinking. So do challenge us as well while we're doing this. And not saying we have the perfect formula, but I think just as you're saying that by challenging the status quo, we are onto something. You are. And I have one final question for you, Harleen. So, you know, I talk a lot about the inner child on the show. I really believe that our inner child is our most creative, most unadulterated self that just knew who we were and knew what good life was and wasn't afraid to go after it. And so I'm wondering if a younger version of you, whatever age you think of her, maybe around like five or six, was standing in front of you and looking at you right now and all the amazing things you've done and that you're doing to change the world. What do you think she would say to you and why? Yeah, she would say do more of it. <laughs> do more of it. I, I feel like all the qualities that I needed to succeed, you're right. Again, didn't think about it as much. 
that connecting with your inner child is very, very important. And in this case, for example, the biggest quality that I'm drawing upon is curiosity, mm-hmm. which every single child has, which is curiosity. Why we are reading news with the way we are. Is this how I should think about something? Is this really like kids ask the question why all the time? <laughs> and I think Grand so News true. is trying, <laughs> that's what Grand News is trying to do. Why? Why should I think about news this way? Why uh, should I think about this very, very complex issue in the way that I'm being told about it? So, but give me more information. Why? Why continue asking why? And I think, yeah, you're right. I think that's what I'm drawing upon. And it's giving us the ability to crack open on something important. Mm. Let us all be like little Harleen and ask <laughs> why. <laughs> yeah, my mom did get tired of that. <laughs> I did the same thing. My dad started making up answers. He was like the fake news. I love that. <laughs> He was I like, God, that. this kid won't stop asking why. <laughs> I'm going to give you something. Different. <laughs> yeah. That's so creative, though. <laughs> we needed a ground news in our household. <laughs> That's no. Yes, he's very creative. But we both were blessed with good parents. And I'm just blessed to be speaking with you today. And can't wait Likewise. to share Likewise. this show with the world. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for listening. And thanks to my guest, Harleen Kaur. For more info on Harleen and Ground News, follow on social media at Ground News and visit check.ground.news slash unleash. They even gave us our own little link there, which is very cool. It will also be in the show notes. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping edit this episode of Unleash. You can follow her at Rach E. Fulton. Thanks, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, please remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative and Harleen at Ground News, and I will repost to share my gratitude. My wish for you this week is you get back to basics. Ask yourself, what is the most simple definition of what I do? And is there a way to get closer to that definition? Sometimes the most simple is actually the most creative and the most needed iteration of whatever your creative expression is. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.